Welcome to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. This is a special episode of our podcast. <laughs> Mike, so oh, let's say we haven't released a single podcast. So so <laughs> we're we're having a special episode mm-hmm. before episode one. That's right, Shane. I'm a millennial. So everything is special. All right. Well, we'll have a trophy for you at the end of this. Okay. We'll, we'll have the, the Shane Emmy that you yeah. get as a result of having a special episode before yeah. episode No one. matter how this goes, if it totally tanks, I still get a trophy at you the end of this. You still get a trophy. Get a, That's ooh, right. Ooh, take That's me back important. to my childhood. All right. My well, childhood was nothing like <laughs> that. Yeah. Listen to this. You had to actually win stuff to get a trophy when I was a kid. And even sometimes when you won, yeah. they would look at you and they'd say, this is what we expected. What do you want, a free snow cone? That's yeah, it's different, huh? That was very mean. Yeah, yeah, you got, you got like a trophy the size of the Stanley Cup yeah. for like getting fourth in yeah, City we, League baseball, we were right? In, we were in T-ball, and uh, so no one won or lost in these games, right? right? And at the very end, they gave us these really nice copper medals. Oh. Yeah, and I said, why did we get these? And my mom said, this is just what everyone gets. Oh, I remember marvelous. even being kindergartner thinking, what is this about? Well, so have you found that life works exactly like that, Mike? No, but I can tell you <laughs> I've been looking for that medal. <laughs> it made me feel really That's good. Right. I like it. The reason why we're having this uh, special episode right off the bat is because we're in right smack dab in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. And overall, our whole world right now is going through changes and struggling through some changes. And Shane, there is something, uh, there's something about change that scares us all, especially when we are not controlling that. And one of the things that I've noticed right now that's kind of sucking me in, uh, I'm, I enjoy social media. Uh, I will look at it a lot. Uh, but sometimes, you know, I, I take my breaks with it and all that. And sometimes it's just commentary that I'm like, I don't want to keep hearing this again and again. There is constantly worldwide or in our nation, in our state, there's breaking news all the time. Right. And it's sucking me in. And mm-hmm. I do think that uh, that's one of the things that we're just dealing with right now. How do we kind of maintain uh, in the midst of this change? How do we get information and at the same time kind of find a new normalcy in all this? Yeah. One of, one of the misconceptions I think that people have, Mike, is that this is sort of the worst time ever. Okay. Now, now, this is an unprecedented time in, in my lifetime. But to compare this right now to World War II uh, doesn't seem to hold up, at least at at this point, to me. I think the difference between what we're experiencing now and what has been experienced before uh, are 24-hour news and social media. Uh, Social media kind of, you know, it's a two-edged sword. It's everything that's bad and everything that's good about society is all on social media. The press... Ha- exists for itself. I, I, when I was a kid, you'd have the news with Walter Cronkite. It was on 30 minutes a day. I, I honestly thought there was only 30 minutes of news mm-hmm. that happened every day. But with varying news channels, 24-hour news channels competing with each other, the idea is to keep everybody stirred up because they mm-hmm. want to suck you in sure. because there's good money in turmoil. Yeah. Do you believe some of, uh, you know, like this I feel like they're using uh, this. There's a lot of scare tactics Absolutely. in all this. And uh, I think it goes to your point where there's good money in that. Clickbait, if you will, yeah. is what some people call. They click on that. One of the things that I think people are struggling with in our world right now is that we don't have the normal kind of entertainment outlets, as silly as that sounds, yeah. as we normally do. All of us, you're a sports guy. You're actually a former athlete, really, who could look back on your glory days. 
I was never. It's like you athlete. died and went to a Bruce Springsteen song, right? Yeah, glory, days. glory days. I like I it. Yeah, yeah. Not, and I was never like an to, See, would you like to see yeah. my trophies, Mike? Because I got a lot of them. Yeah. And well, I like had to win things to get them. Did you? Really? Do you yeah. still have those trophies? No. Didn't I hear you say one time, Melissa, had you throw them away? Yeah, I was probably 28, 29 years old, and uh, I had a trophy case, you know, like all people do, because in America, you give of your best, you train, and you work hard. And yep. then to signify that, you get a shiny trophy made of plastic. Yeah. I mean, it was huge. I mean, this is a really a big deal. And yep. some of them were different sizes, kind mm-hmm. of based on your accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And then one day, I got home, and I had a trophy like case kind of thing, and I got home and they were all gone. And I, I said to Melissa, I said, where did all my trophies go? And she said, it's trash day. I threw them all oh, away. You're okay. a man now and it's time to grow up. Wow. Yeah, it still hurts. I bet so, yeah. There's yeah. a little, there's a little I, bitterness yeah. kind of still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of hurt for you. I, I thank you, Mike. I, I know that's not true, but just you <laughs> saying it in a condescending way did make me feel better. Hey, listen, we all, you know, a lot of us love sports. We see uh, there's sports for entertainment to kind of get us away. Movies are another way a lot of people get away. They can still do that. But going out to restaurants, I know you're a restaurant guy just like me. How do you think people can start to find a little bit of normalcy, even though that some of their entertainment kind of outlets are now gone? Well, you know, I think it's interesting. And again, I'm going to go back to uh, World War II. You know, World War II, they thought about canceling baseball and they decided not to. Yeah. Because they said America needed baseball. Well, right now, uh, we are all kind of in our rabbit holes, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's the kind of thing. You're, you're supposed to, to be home, and, and we're hoping that people are abiding uh, by that. But the reality is uh, we don't have an outlet. No, we right don't. now, yeah. I saw the sports channels are like showing, you know, sports from the <laughs> yeah. past. Yeah. But that's kind of lame, that's isn't it? That's very lame. I, I saw mean, people tweeting about it and everything. Yeah. It's like, no, thank you. Yeah, no, it's not good. And this is usually the best yeah. time of year for sports oh, because yeah. usually you've got, you know, you got the basketball tournaments yeah. going on, the NBA's rolling, you got Major League Baseball kicking up. I the mean, Masters this is, would be yeah, soon, right. Yeah. This is the time it's all kind of going. Yeah. So I, I would say we've all kind of had to go cold turkey. Sure. From sports, but I guess the upside is people who kind of had an addiction there. Sure. Uh, you know, that's gone now. Yeah. And now people are going to yeah. have to do such old-fashioned yeah. things. It's but, like actually spend time with their families. Right, yeah, reintroduce yourself to your family, right? Right, That's something right. we can do right now. But we really are creatures of habit. And I think that people can find new fun habits for them. It's just kind of they're going to have to detox from some of these entertainment sure. outlets that they've had. Well, think about it too, Mike, the, the kids' sports industry, because it is an industry. Uh, and, and think about yeah. all of the families whose entire lives are about tournaments yeah. for 10-year-olds, you know, and travel and their social life is yeah. all in that. Yeah. Uh, that's all gone right. too right now. So I think a lot of the things we do are just off the table. We're going to find some different things. Yeah, our worlds have really stopped in a lot of ways. Well, another thing that's a bit of a touchy subject right now, but they're doing social distancing, and even now there have been stay-at-home orders for several states. People have had to shut down their businesses, of course, stay home. Uh, That can be a bit touchy, uh, and it makes people a lot uncomfortable that the government would do something like that. What are just some of your thoughts on, on that right now, Shane? Well, my thoughts are... We don't know how this turns out. We, right. It's not something that we've experienced before in the same way, so we don't really know. 
I hope that government is taking the best advice of the medical community and people yeah. who study these things. And, and I think there, there is a point. We just need to do what we're told for the public good. Sure. Uh, there's also a precedent being established here in, in a non-wartime that, that government can do things like uh, make policies that are going to drive businesses out of business, right. that keep churches from meeting. Uh, what is the line constitutionally sure. there? Yeah. Are we over that line? Are we not over that line? Yep. I, I think sometimes you got to make decisions and sort it all out later. I think that's where we are. So one of my concerns are once they've pressed that button, is right. it easier to press that button again? Absolutely. Okay. If government can tell churches that churches can't meet, uh, of course it's easier to press that button. Yep. And I think this is the beginning of a new normal. Okay. I don't think we're going to have you know COVID-19 come up every yep. every nine days. Yep. But I do think there's going to be other things that happen. Yep. And once you've gone to such drastic extremes, it's easier to go there another time. Do you think it's important for people to contact their senators, their local uh local representation in terms of politically, just to let them know that this is something that concerns them overall? Yeah, I think that's a fair question. And I, I would say right now, no. Okay. Because right now, I think we all need to pull together. Sure. And we need to uh, give the strategy that's in place the best shot. I think we sort all this out later. And I think later is when some of these constitutional questions need to be asked, yeah. when things return to a, a new sense of normalcy, to borrow an old political word, yeah. then I think we start asking those questions. Right now, I think we band together and do what right. we got to do. I'm with you there. I do feel the tension from this happening, though. But then I look at places like down in Florida during spring break. We have all these young people saying they're invincible to the coronavirus. Yeah. You know, we got other people who think this is some type of conspiracy. Right. And so you kind of, you know, for me, when I kind of throw this back and forth in my mind, I'm like, oh, gosh, somebody seems like they got to step in because some of these people just aren't thinking straight, too. Mm -hmm. But I guess that's kind of what we're working through right now. Well, one of the great things is we do have elected government. Yes, I mean, yeah. you know, nobody's yeah. are nobody is in power right now in a governmental sense in America because their great 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 grandfather was a king. That's right, and it just keeps getting passed yes. down. Yeah, uh, and so everybody we've got are people who were duly elected. Yeah. I just say let them do their jobs, and when this all clears out, if you didn't like the job that's done when in you, America, yeah. you can elect somebody else. Very good word. Now, in social distancing, uh, something that's very important that we are uh, adhering to, me and you are maybe really, how close are we right now? Uh, seven feet. I'm glad. Get that ruler out again, Yeah, Tim. I've never not... really wanted to be closer than that <laughs> you've to always, you. You've always been doing the social distancing I've thing I've always practiced You were way social... ahead of the curve. Right? I, I was ahead of the curve. <laughs> that's right. Hey, uh, but one of the things uh, that people are struggling with is there's a difference between social distancing and isolation, social That's isolation. Yeah. And uh, could you just kind of explain what you see the differences are there and the importance of even trying to find some sort of community in the midst of all this? Well, you know, social media gets its share of critique and, and it it's probably should because it's sort of like the world's biggest dispensary of weak sauce. I mean, it just pumps weak sauce out yeah. by the gallon, yeah. you know. Uh, but in a time like this, when we physically have to keep our, our space, mm -hmm. uh, I think social media can, can be, helpful. be really, really helpful. Yeah. I, I think it can be good. I, I think that words of hope can be delivered. Churches are having to shift their entire content <laughs> to social media. So were it not for social media, I think this would be a lot worse. So what I would say 
is that we do need to keep our distance, but we don't want to be isolated. Isolation is not a healthy place to be. FaceTime with your family is something to do, right? We've already doing that with uh, my kids and their grandparents. It's an easy way to check in with people, Uh, like you said. And I know a lot of organizations now are doing Zoom and things like that. That's for organizational purposes, but there's social dynamics in work as well. So that's really good. And I think the other thing we talked about earlier is reintroducing yourself to your family. And some of us have to just embrace that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we get into these go, go, go seasons. And we may have to step back and say, okay, what does it mean to be with my family 24-7? Yeah. <laughs> and, and how could that be a good thing? You know? Yes. Uh, how can we prioritize our, our families? Because if you think about it right now, the choice for a lot of people is to go crazy yeah. or lean into what they have. What we have are our families, our friends, the people who love us, the people who are around us. Uh, I think it's a good time to strengthen those relationships. And Mike, if we do stuff like that, if we do work like that, marriages come out stronger, families come out stronger. This, when we look back, there may be some very good effects that come from this. This could be a great opportunity for us to reintroduce to our families and grow in these relationships. Absolutely. The other thing uh, I was thinking about with all of this is that uh, this may not be a couple-week thing. So no. some of us, you know, we go through, like, even working seasons. We know for certain seasons for us, we may have four weeks of really, really hard right. work and then just regular hard work. Well, this social isolation thing is going to last for six, eight, ten, or twelve weeks. I we think don't know. The, the sooner we embrace and grow in those relationships yeah. is probably the better. Agreed. Yeah. The other thing, Shane, that you uh, have said recently that I really like, because whenever there's any type of, uh, you know, for instance, we had a uh, Gifford, Illinois, had a tornado a few years ago. It's where I'm from, the area where I'm from. And I remember on social media uh, monitoring some of my friends, a tornado hit the town, and everyone in the surrounding towns wanted to go and help. Yeah. Whenever there's something like this to hap- that happens, we want to go help the vulnerable. Uh, that's something normal. And then the National Guard stepped in and said, we're helping people. You, you coming this way and helping the local people was actually turning into a bigger problem. Right. We have a desire where we want to help one another. Some of us are very healthy. We're not at risk at the age that we're at for COVID-19. And we have this feeling that we want to help. But one of the basic ways you said to help people is, is that uh, if someone needs help, just help them. Yeah. If someone needs help, just help them. What do you think about that? Yeah. Well, I, th- I like it because I said it. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, anything you quote me on, I probably liked it when I said it. Now, I've said a lot of now, things that I liked when I said that really went bad so afterwards. What I'm going to do is I'm going to look at your old work and I'm going to yeah. quote myself. I like I'm it. I'm going to say it's me. And I'm going to see if you agree with it. Well, or people not. do that all the time. Oh, <laughs> yes, they do. Okay. So that's, that's really good. Okay. No, uh, I just don't think we need to make this complicated. I just yeah. don't. There are a lot of things we can't do. Yeah. Uh, we, we can't do them. A tornado actually hit uh, the tiny community near DuCoin where my family lives, hit some of my family members. Wow. Uh, there's a temptation to want to go down there, and, and you do that kind of thing. You're just going to be in the way. Right now, yeah. people aren't supposed to be out. A yeah. lot of times, our, our natural instinct is not helpful. No, it's not. <laughs> Uh, What do people actually need finding those things out? I'm just saying that what we need to do is just when we find there's a need, Mm -hmm. if we're in a position to help, we should just help them and not think too much about it. You know, with the social isolation or excuse me, social distancing that we're doing, I've just been texting some old friends just to keep in touch because it's like you said, the technology is something 
uh, that's really can be helpful if we use it the right way. All right, from a leadership standpoint, I've seen you write a few things as being a leader in this time. And so I thought we'd just quickly talk about that. Okay. From, from being a leader in a time when there's this crisis going on, one of the first things you said that a leader needs to be is calm. Yeah. Is calm. Uh, how can a leader be calm during this time? Well, one of the things I think as we contextualize this, Mike, is the only time you really need leadership uh, is when things are bad. So the only time leadership is easy is when leadership is not required. So it's when things get a little jagged that you got to step up as leader. And, and I think the first thing leaders have to be is just, is just calm. You just got to have steady hands. People have to trust your sensibilities. Mm-hmm. I think you earn that in the calm times. Mm-hmm. And then when things get crazy or things get a little jagged like they are now, that sense of calmness comes through. So what you got to be as a leader is steady in choppy waters. Yeah, and with that being said, you've also said do not have knee-jerk reactions to things. Yeah, and I think that's a, a temptation, you know, because a lot of times as leaders, uh, we want to appear cool, but we're, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're kind of broiling a little bit inside. Sure. And you just got to temper your impulse control. Mm-hmm. And you got to say things to yourself like, don't speak until I have all the facts. Right. Uh, it's not time to right. talk right now. And, and so a lot of times I think it's a matter of just waiting for the right time and don't make a knee-jerk kind of reaction or edit that you're going to have to backtrack from later because that erodes at your leadership capital. Also, there's an important part of leadership that you've, I've heard you talk about and you've written about, about just offering assurances that everything's going to be okay mm-hmm. or everything is going to, you know, just overall God has this in terms of our context. How do you do that as a leader? Is that something you, uh, you just go ahead and tell people? And who do you tell that to? Well, I, I think as you get older, uh, it's been my experience about 85% of the crises I face in my life work themselves out with or without intervention. Hmm. And that's just anecdotal, but that's kind of looking back through my life. So things normally work out. Uh, sometimes you've got to intervene. Clearly, we're in a situation with this virus where people are intervening. Yeah. But at the end of the day, as people of faith, yes. God either has us or he doesn't. Absolutely. God's promises are either true or they are not. Uh, God's promises have held up through much worse times than this, from plagues, not pandemics. Yeah. God's promises have held up during times of war. Uh, God's promises are true, and they are faithful. So reminding yeah. people of the faithfulness of God, yeah. I think, creates hope. And part of that, people have to choose to kind of lean into God. Right? You got to choose. It's not just, just sitting. I mean, we have to kind of be in our homes right now. Uh, but just sitting there, it's not just going to come fall upon us, right? We have to do things like read the Bible, do things like pray and, th- and like that. Yeah, and isn't it interesting? Difficult times te- seem to make people lean into God. When everything's moving up and to the right, they tend to lean away from God. Mm. I think when everything's good, we live in this illusion that we can handle everything. I don't think anybody has that illusion right now. And so when we have our illusions of control, our burst, we lean in to God. And that's where faith moves us forward. Another thing on leadership is that a leader has to stay on mission. Is that something that is just an internal factor? Is that an internal drive? What keeps someone to stay on mission during these times? Well, think about your business, your organization, your, your church, uh, maybe your life mission, you know? Yeah. Uh, difficult times can't make us abandon course. 
We've just got to hold course. Here at our church, we exist to connect people to Jesus. We can't do that the way we've always done it. So we're going to have to do it in new ways. And as a result, it creates a culture of creativity. Uh, We're out of the box in in some really cool ways. And I think there can even be energy in that. But the energy has to be put into staying on mission, negotiating your methods, but staying true to your mission. I think a big part of staying on mission is remember it's not about us. There's other people in on this. My wife said to me yesterday, she said, you know, she's looking at social media. She's trying to keep up, but not too much because she's homeschooling our kids. And she said if she gets too much into reading all the stuff that's out there right now, it may affect her mood. That's right. And so she won't be doing what her mission is right now is to help homeschool the kids while they're out of school. And I do think when when she said that, it reminded me that it's not about us. And that, I think, is a way that we can get a new angle into the mission that we have. Yeah, because almost everybody in America is a homeschooler <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of the bottom line. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> if your mission is to educate your children, you need to cut down on the distractions that right. would uh, uh, keep you from doing that in effective Absolutely. ways. Absolutely. And finally, Shane, to be a leader and walk through this, uh, you said just a smile. Yeah. What, what's the importance of a smile? What does that do? Well, if you look at the research on just happiness, if you look on the research of just the, the power yeah. of a smile, yeah. and if somebody sees that in difficult times that you still got a song in your heart and some yes. pep in your step, in my mind, that becomes an incredible witness yes. to our lives themselves. Yeah. So my, my advice in all of this is stay aware Let's all do what we're asked to do because this is not all about us. You may feel there's no danger to you at all, and you know what? There may not be, Mm -hmm. but there may be danger of you carrying something to somebody else. So let's attack this as a community, and then let's just keep a smile on our face and a song in our heart. Mm -hmm. We'll get through this, and we'll be fine. Amen. Thank you. That would be a great witness to have. And speaking of happy, we're actually going to talk in our first actual episode. Because it seems like to me, Mike, we've been doing this like forever, and we don't even have a first episode yet. This was a special episode. How do you? How special was it now that we're coming to the end? Oh, I think it was phenomenal. <laughs> and when I saw, I'll tell you, when I saw, I had a vest on this morning, and when I saw that you too had a vest on, I just thought to myself, Wow, magic is happening here. Magic is about to happen. Well, we'll talk more about uh, happiness in the next podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. We ask you to subscribe to our podcast. Let us know what you think, how it's helping you, and we ask you to share this with your friends. You can follow Shane's blog at RevShaneBishop.com. You can follow me at RevMikeWu.com. And you can find both of us all over social media. Thank you for joining us for Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. Make sure that you keep the change.